You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class, lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being, and not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gifts you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hey listeners, thanks so much for being here. This is Yoga Magic. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. We have such a fun convo today. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Before we get to our conversation with our guest, Taylor, I just, I hope you had a good holiday, everybody. I know it was a weird one, a bit different than other years. Um, I ate a lot of food. We watched Taylor Swift's special on Disney+. Plus. I kept telling my four-year-old, I'm like, you need to... (laughs) I'm like, this is so important for you to see Taylor making magic, experiencing this. And she was like, Mom, I'm four. Can I not? Can we watch Rudolph or something else? (laughs) Um, And then the other thing that we ended up watching, which I cannot recommend enough, is these like celeb crib videos from Architectural Digest. They're on YouTube. Do you remember MTV Cribs? I loved those back in the day, but they were like a little bit douchey. And this is more of a grown-up version of Cribs. It's so wild to watch them because they're happening like right now. Like they've clearly been filmed recently during the pandemic. And, you know, these actors aren't doing a whole lot with like, they're not filming a lot of shows right now because of the pandemic. So why not show people around their insane homes? (laughs) It's so good. I highly recommend it. Um, Okay, anyways, pals, here's what we're talking about today on this episode, expanders. Have you heard of this term before? I know I've talked about it on past episodes, um, but for those of you who are like, WTF, let me break down what an expander is. Expanders are people that show you what's possible. You know, they're people that you look up to. They're people who are achieving their goals. They're creating magic. They have similar characteristics to you. And again, they really they really show you what's possible within you. This term, I believe, was coined by Lacey Phillips, um, who we talk about on the episode today. And she really says that seeing is believing. So seeing these people who you admire doing the things that you want to do, it makes you that much more magnetic, allows you to manifest your dreams as well. Do you have people like this in your life? Maybe you see them, you know, in person, or maybe it's just on social media, and you're just like, man, that person is awesome. I want to be like them. That's that's so, so good. Um, you know, so some major expanders of mine are two really amazing humans who host the podcast Almost 30. Um, it's a huge podcast. Lin- Lindsay Simsek and Krista Williams are the hosts. And these past few months, I have had the absolute joy, privilege of working with them um, directly on my show on Yoga Magic within their accelerator program. I learned so much from them about the show, but I also learned about what's really possible right now when I trust myself and when I utilize the tools that I have right here within my own fingertips. Um, you know, the other amazing part of this program was meeting other podcasters. And one of the other podcast hosts, 
Taylor Gruy, who's our guest today, immediately caught my eye when we started working together. And her show, it's just, it's so funny. It's so authentically her. I wanted to dive into her journey and the things that she's learned along the way. Um, This month on Yoga Magic, we're talking about chasing our dreams. And Taylor really started chasing her dream of having her own show, her own podcast. But then she subsequently lost her full-time job, like right after that. So she really had to invest in herself, in her own business, in her show. And one of the things that she did was to seek out her expanders and really experience them and learn from them. She talks about moving out to LA to find the people that she admired and again, to really just learn from them. I love this convo today because it's so much about about being uplifted by another human's successes. You know, it's easy to fixate on what we don't have or what we're trying to get. But when we focus on what's possible, on you know what's already being created in the world and what we can create as well, we can start manifesting it. You know, we make it happen. So today is just a really fun, real conversation with Taylor, the host of the podcast, Unreasonable Enthusiasm, about her journey of creation and embracing her expanders and seeking them out on the way. We do talk a lot about human design on this episode, so if you're not familiar with human design, go ahead and check out episode 40 of Yoga Magic with Lauren Armstrong, where we break that down. In that episode, we talk a lot about the human design types and authorities, and today we talk more about the profiles, which are which are basically like your personal style for life. That's how Lauren describes them. So before we get to Taylor, I wanted to share a very fun upcoming online event I'm hosting around the new moon this December. On Sunday, December 13th at 4 p.m. Central Time, I'll be hosting an at-home self-care retreat called Your Magical Moon. So the moon has had such significance for me, and I know for many of you who listen to this show, you know, it's about subconscious. It's about the femininity within us. It's about cycles. It's about embracing rest and rejuvenation and softness. So I really wanted to put an event together that broke all of this down. Uh, This two-and-a-half-hour event will be super jam-packed with yummy, relaxing goodness. We'll start with an opening moon ceremony to set our intentions. We'll talk about the importance of cycles in the skies and also within our bodies. We'll do some restorative yoga and then we'll have a very special guest speaker, my friend Nellie Brow from House of Ojas. will be guiding us through an interactive body love workshop and then we'll finish with a new moon meditation for the new year. I really, I cannot wait. I hope you can make it. Tickets are $45 and you can get um, the, the tickets with a link in the show notes or at ashleysondergaard.com slash events. All right, everyone. Thanks again for listening to Yoga Magic. Let's get over to our chat with Taylor. Well, I want to tell listeners all about you because I, I feel like when we started the accelerator for, for listeners that don't know what we're talking about, we were in a podcast accelerator program with the hosts of Almost 30 I felt like super drawn to you, Taylor, right away. I don't, is that weird? Is that No, not at all. Not at all. (laughs) I haven't, I have my list of episodes. I'm going to listen to everybody's episode and you were the first show I listened to. So funny how that plays out. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. So tell listeners about you, about your show, where you're at in the world. I just, all your goodness. Okay. So, um, hi, my name is Taylor Grewey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm the host of the Unreasonable Enthusiasm podcast, which has just celebrated its one year birthday, which I was, I, and I'm also a digital content 
consultant. I, well, I guess I'm a digital media consultant is what I call it. Cause I, I do social media management. I also do social media advertising and I do consulting. So I didn't really know what to call myself. So I'm a digital media consultant and podcast host. So that's where I'm at in life right now. I <laughs> did. What else do you want to know about me? <laughs> Taylor, how old are you? I feel like I'm, I'm 28. Than, you're 28. Okay. So we're like, not that I'm 34, but like, no, are you, have you hit your Saturn return yet? Do you know? Um, I don't know. I feel like I have, I feel like my Saturn return probably was one of the earlier ones. I think someone has told me that before. Cause it doesn't it hit. Sometimes it hits at 30. Sometimes it hits a little earlier than 30. Yeah, it does. It depends. Mm-hmm. If that, if, if I know what, what I know about Saturn returns, I feel like it hit me this year because this yes. year has been like the biggest transformation of my entire life for yeah. me. Let's, so. I want to hear about your year. Like what was so transformational? I think a lot of people have felt transformation this year, but your journey is really, really specific and really yeah. to be inspiring. And it actually doesn't have anything to do with the coronavirus yeah. or, so, <laughs> I know. or the pandemic. So it, I was working in uh, like digital marketing for an agency and then it turned into a digital magazine and I was with the same company for three or four years, I think. And towards the end of last year, I decided I wanted to start the podcast. The idea had been an idea a little bit prior, like probably a year prior, but I officially started it in the end of November of 2019. And I lost my job on December 23rd, 2019. It was completely out of the blue. Absolutely no forewarning. It was, I, I was being told how amazing I was, how valued I was. And then I think this is speculation. I think it was because I started the podcast and there was some sort of like feeling of conflict of interest because I was working in a very similar industry. Mm. And so having my own brand and then not having the question was, would I have time to focus on somebody else's brand Mm. is kind of, I think what happened. Cause I really still to this day have no explanation for why. And so the day before Christmas Eve, I had no job and no plan and no idea what I was going to do. And what was crazy is that I've always wanted to have my own business. I just always thought that, like, I thought I was going to build the podcast part-time on the side for, in my head, I was like, oh, three years. And then by that time, I'll be ready to take the podcast full-time. Then maybe I'll start a business. I don't know. I just didn't know what the business was. Mm -hmm. And then I was forced into it. (laughs) So I thought about getting a job, another job in the new year. And then of course the pandemic hit, people were losing jobs left and right. And that became not a possibility. And also my boyfriend who I've been with now for almost five years, he was like, he's known that I want to have my own business and want to do my own thing. And he said, now's the time do it. Like I got you. We're good. You got to focus on this and you will regret it if you don't go for it. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay. So the first thing I knew I could monetize was my skills in digital marketing. And so I just started taking on my own clients. And I always had had this fear around the business side of it. I knew I could I could deliver the creative. I knew I could deliver the work because I was doing that at the agency that I was working for. I was managing multiple clients and managing an entire digital magazine's brand. And so I had this fear around the business side of stuff that it would make it not fun. I wouldn't enjoy it. It would be exhausting. And 
I wouldn't be successful at it because it wasn't my strong suit. I'm a creative. I'm not, you know, the numbers person. Mm-hmm. Turns out I'm freaking good at it. Yes. <laughs> and it's so much more fun to do the creative work when it's directly impacting your own business. For me, at least mm-hmm. I feel more creative. I feel better at my job. I feel, I feel more in my power. I had no idea how stifled creatively I felt when I was working under someone else's brand, mm-hmm. realizing that I didn't have full control over the way that I would could communicate boundaries with clients. Like I can oh my gosh, create yeah. my contracts. I am very specific about what I deliver. I'm very specific about my boundaries. And that has created a much better flow between me and clients. I can charge what I'm worth instead of, I mean, I'm literally, I'm, I'm sharing this because I read a blog post from a friend of mine who was also like a, in the same industry as me that said in her second year, she made a hundred thousand dollars in her second year. And I was like, I can do that. What, you know, when you see that somebody else can do that, all of a sudden it becomes possible. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning of November, I set this goal to make a hundred thousand dollars. And this month I'm, I mean, I think I'm about to make more than I made last year in the past four months. Wow. So not that money isn't necessarily my main focus. That's not really like my driver in life, but that was an expanding thing for me to see that that was a big fear of mine, not being able to support myself. And yet here we are. Mm-hmm. I love that you talk about expanders because so for listeners that don't use that, that terminology, expanders are people that show us what's possible. Yeah. They show us, they have potentially similar, you know, upbringings or just character. Yeah. Things like that are like, they, they're not that much different than you and me, but they show us what's possible and, and give us the motivation to actually go for it. And I love what you did in the last year. You sought out your expanders to like spend time with them, which I think is so, I tell clients this all the time. Like it's not weird to, to reach out to people and be like, I really admire you. Can I learn from you? Like, that's not a weird thing to do. And if they think it's weird, then, then fine, like move on. So talk about that a little about your move to LA. Yeah. Yeah. So that was part of moving to LA was that I, and so to point out too, is that I feel like some people can get intimidated by trying to interact with the people that they, so for me, the way I think about expanders too, is exactly that. And also it's someone that you see characteristics of yourself in, but they almost feel like they're almost like a step ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And then if they're accomplishing something, seeing them accomplish it and also being able to relate to them makes you feel like it's possible for you. And it literally tells your brain that it's possible and therefore opens you up to being able to receive it. And Krista is the same human design. Basically, we have the exact same human design chart. Krista is one of the hosts of the Almost 30 podcast for people that are listening. And so I've always kind of been drawn to her just because it was like, okay, she's being very successful at what she does and we're the same design. So she's definitely someone I should look at for how she's maneuvering and sharing her energy with the world, kind of the work that she's doing, how she's finding her niche and all that kind of stuff. And so- I'd always had this, the reason I moved to LA actually is because I'd always wanted to move there. Yeah. And I had visited a friend and I just never did it. Like I always thought out of school that I would go move to a big city, but then I ended up coming back to Arizona, which is where I grew up and I just never did it. And I ended up in a long-term relationship 
and that I knew was my end goal and my, my person. And it almost felt like, okay, maybe it's just not in the cards for me to go move. Cause he, I, I don't know if we talked about this before we were on air, but he's in a, his job is not something that can just move to LA. You know, mm-hmm. he's in a long-term career. He knows what he wants. He's on track to do that. And so that would be a huge, huge sacrifice for him to ask for me to ask him to do something like that. And, uh, so I went and visited a friend and I just realized I am going to regret not living here. Totally. So I'm like, what do I do? (laughs) I'm living with him. I'm literally living with my boyfriend. And so I come back home and I'm like, listen up, babe. So I need to move to LA. It's almost so I'm a, I'm a projector and my authority, how I make decisions is splenic. So it's almost like this it's almost, I always snap above my head when I describe it because it's like this voice that's like move to LA, no explanation, no nothing. It just is like move to LA. I'm like, why, why do I need to move to LA? What do, please give me some, <laughs> I need a, I need a pros and cons list. And it's like, no, just go. go. And so I'm like, I have to go to LA. I don't know why I just, I have to go do this. And he said, we weren't planning on getting married anytime soon. We don't have children. And he's like, go. If you're, if you're ever going to do it, now's the time to do it. And if you don't do it, you'll resent me for the rest of our life. Mm. Yes. Pick, pick a winner. And it was hard. It was very hard. I will say the relationship aspect was not perfect in that time frame. It was a lot of work, Mm -hmm. but he was very supportive of that, knowing that I needed to do that. And so I moved to LA, made a list of people that were expanders for me people that I knew that I wanted to interact with, connect with that. If I was only going to have a short amount of time in LA, I wanted to be very specific about what I wanted to do with my time there. And this is prior to thinking I wanted to start a podcast too. Almost 30 podcasts is one of my favorite podcasts. So they were on my list. Kirsten Lindsay were on my list. And then Jenna Zoe, who is a human design reader, expert, teacher, trainer, where I'm obsessed with her. Goddess. I'm obsessed with her work. Um, (laughs) And then Lacey Phillips, who was one of my very favorite episodes I had listened to on the Almost 30 podcast. She does a lot of work around helping you. um, What is it like? Like working through your shadow work? Shadow. Shadow work. Shadow work and manifestation. Mm -hmm. And I love her take on manifestation because it's a very neurological take on manifestation Mm -hmm. because I'm a very spiritual woo-woo person, but I'm also, I need to understand the logic behind things. And she explains things in a way that feels not like, if you talk happy thoughts, you'll get whatever (laughs) you want, you know? Yes. Yes. To be magnetic, everyone, if you are ever interested in shadow work or manifestation, she's my teacher as well. I mean, I actually like know her like you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I met her one time, but (laughs) Like we know each other. We're best friends. We're BFFs. (laughs) So I go there and within two weeks, I was at SoulCycle with Krista and Lindsay and hanging out with them, helping them out with events that they were doing back when we could do events in person. I was like going to San Diego with them to help them at events. And um, they went and got coffee with me one time at Air One. And they, this was in like the first month of me being there. And they're like, we're having an event at the Soho House in West Hollywood. Do you want to come? It's with Lacey Phillips. So I go, I go meet Lacey Phillips. I'm like, what's up? You're on my list. And then I'm helping Lindsay out with something and I am going to her house and Jenna's always walking out of her house as I'm walking into her house. So within six months of being in LA, I had met and connected with 
literally everybody. So now Jenna, we don't, we're not friends. Like we don't like know, know each other, but when we DM, she re- remembers that that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, Oh, she's the girl I met outside of Lindsay's house. So it's not like we're, we're acquaintances, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, but in Lacey does probably remember me at all. <laughs> I was just like staring at her like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm meeting Lacey Phillips. I love it. <laughs> like I a love celebrity this. in my They're life. They're like real celebrities. That's what I was just going to say. It's like, at one point, like celebs were, you know, movie stars or people that just like, they were, they were gifted, but I think the internet and podcasting and Instagram have made people that have these really amazing gifts like Lacey, like, like Lindsay and Krista, they have made regular people, quote unquote, celebs and people that we get to use as our expanders to help us grow our, our, our minds and our goals and our shows and our businesses. And like, they're also really kind, like they're, they're happy to help. I don't know. That feels like such a cool shift in being an entrepreneur. I don't know if I was an entrepreneur recently, like that long ago, but like, I'm so grateful for those people who, again, I don't really know, but like, they're showing me what's possible. It's amazing. You know, what's so funny is that um, I think the term expanders is pretty new. I think Lacey is I the think one that she kind of it. It's, it. part, it's mm-hmm. part of her manifestation process. Right. But the reason why you're drawn to celebrities. So th- th- there's actually like a psychological reason and it's almost like an expander. So you're drawn to celebrities because they like embody this part of you. So if you know, if you think about the celebrities that you're drawn to, it's always kind of people that you relate to, you know, like your favorite actress, who's your favorite actress? Oh, that's a good question. But you probably don't think about it anymore. But like when you were growing up, mm-hmm, who, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about. Oh my about, gosh. You know who I loved? Do you remember Rachel Lee Cook? No, I don't. You're but I'm sure. <laughs> but I'm sure you, there was traits about her that you really admired about her. And you were like, wow, I really want to embody those traits. Yeah. So she was basically an expander. So that's what huh. expanders are, is they're people that you're drawn to because you see, that's what celebrities are too, is you're drawn to those people because you see traits in them that you want to embody. That's all it is. I love that. That's so true. So when I started doing the Lacey work, um, I started meeting some expanders within my sphere. And I, I t- talked about this on the show before, but like in high, like in the moment, the people that I met were really helpful, but I wasn't like, whoa, they're an expander. Looking yeah. back now, you know, three, two, three years later, I'm like, holy shit. They changed my whole life yeah. in like one meeting. It was insane. Yeah, It's insane. <laughs> And they can do that. And I, and also I will put here too, is that you don't necessarily have to even meet your expanders for them to impact you. Right. Their podcast, you know, Chris and Lindsay were major expanders for me prior to ever meeting them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They just were people that I listened to in my car. Do you ever feel jealousy? Does that ever hit you? Like when you're scrolling Instagram, like sometimes I interpret jealousy as a good thing. Do you feel that? So actually um, Lacey reframed the idea of jealousy for me. Mm. Actually, that's not necessarily the best explanation, but, but I feel like not jealousy. Okay. That's not the right thing, but I don't, I don't really feel that jealousy is an effective for me, an effective feeling. I kind of more for me, because I always have had this fear of people being jealous of me. So it, made me shut down and stay really small. So I feel like I more didn't 
have that feeling of jealousy outwardly towards other people. I just have always had the fear of people being jealous of me. So Mm -hmm. it like stifled who I was for a really long time. Like even in friendships, I was, I would always like push up the other person and not allow myself to be better than more important than, or bigger than, or like the most big version of myself that I could be because I was so scared of people being jealous of me. That's interesting. What's your sun sign? Malio. Oh, oh yeah. So like you are bold and and have like lots to shine. That's interesting. What's your moon? I have no idea. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) okay. I like only know I'm a Leo and I just embody a Leo and I'm like, I'm a Leo for sure. And what's weird is my boyfriend's a Leo too, but he does not come off as a Leo to me. What's his, um, human design profile. He is a manifesting manifesting generator. Okay. I'm a Which is super fitting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's just like the go, 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 go. You take (laughs) so much. And I'm like, I can't keep up. (laughs) I need to recharge. Actually, let's talk about human design a little bit. Cause I know that you're, you're really, um, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot about it and you use it in your business. And did you, I think I listened to an episode, um, with your friend who is a human design expert and she was talking about the profile is your profile. Is it three, five? Yeah. Is that yours? Same. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I, yeah. I'm like so grateful for it because as podcasters, as I don't know, like Instagram individuals, it's like, it's sort of a funny version. Like I make so many mistakes and I talk about all my mistakes all the time and people like to hear it. So is how does that show up for you? The three, five profile. Can you explain what it is? Yeah. So the three, five is basically they call it the martyr heretic, but it's, they call it the, it, which is so that's like the words that Jenna doesn't really like, but it's called the great life experimenter. That's what Jenna calls it. And really basically your profile is more your personality than your, than your energy type. Yeah. So me and you, or you and I, sorry, grandma, my grandma always corrects me when I say that. Um, you and I are probably relate more in personality, which is probably why we were drawn to each other. Yeah. Like you relate more to people sometimes based on their profile than on their energy type. Mm -hmm. And it's really, we're supposed to be the people that were designed to jump into the fire, figure it out, get the lesson and then be like, okay, listen, so here's what I learned. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. And this is how you're going to get there faster. It's like a, we're kind of supposed to go into the game, play it, and then report back for the people that don't necessarily are not designed to just jump in the fire. Mm -hmm. And I think what I love about learning about human design is that there, we are all designed so uniquely that not everybody has to do that because I feel like there is always, um, you know, people, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? There's always like this idea that being a successful person is the person that like goes for it and makes mistakes and work, you know, just learns from the mistakes and keeps moving. Mm-hmm. Not all of us are designed to do that. Mm-hmm. Some of you are designed to be like, yeah, that doesn't sound good to me. I'm just going to continue to make the right moves. Right. <laughs> right. My friend Kelly is the person that she evaluates and decides what's right or wrong. And oh, like, she goes with the right way. I'm like, Hmm. I think that might be right, but I'm going to try it anyway. You know, I think that might be wrong, but I'm going to try it anyway because I'm not going to know it's wrong until I fully screw it up and And then I'm going to come back. And that's so relatable, right? Is when people see the, you know, the screw ups and you're willing to share about it. So the three, I would say if people are interested in human design, go get your charts. It's like, you can get it online for free. Myhumandesign.com. Myhumandesign. And then like 
Jenna Zoe, Aaron Claire Jones, those are some really amazing individuals yeah. in the space of human design. And we actually had an episode on it a couple episodes ago. Yeah, I, I listened to that one. <laughs> that was, it was a fun one. Love so it. the this the first number in your profile, kind of think of it as like again, these are it's like your personal style for life is your profile in general. And when you have a three in the front, that's like your your you make mistakes, like you try things out and you learn through those mistakes. And then the five is what is like the communication. And when, and then we like to tell people about it. Yeah. Um, so it's like how you, and the first number is how you see yourself. And the last second number is how others see you right, too. Right. So that mm -hmm. they play in together. So yeah, it's, we're just supposed to like learn lessons and report back. To people. And I think growing up, I always have done that. And I always kind of got, maybe you can relate to this too. I always get a thrill out of like figuring out the lesson or, uh, having, yes. it's never scared me to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. Like mistakes have never scared me, which I know that's not true for a lot of people. And when I learned that my profile was that it kind of just validated that for me, that that was really how I'm designed to live. And so now it's made me even bolder in the, the, the moves that I make even less fearful of the moves I make, because I know the bigger moves I make, the bigger mistakes I might make, but also the bigger lessons I'll learn mm -hmm. and the bigger I can play and help other people. Do you have any good stories, like really funny mistakes that you've made? I feel like you do. Um, you know, I think most of my funny mistakes are probably in dating. Um, <laughs> that was probably most of the mistakes I made. Um, like, you know, dating a guy with a bow tie tattoo, probably a red flag for most people. Like on Not his neck me. here yeah, on his oh, neck. Oh, okay. And, um, I didn't find out about it until probably date number four or five. Cause I'm a classy lady. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, uh, he would take me on the most elaborate dates. Like I would go to the ballet and to the fanciest restaurants I've ever been to. And that was my mistake was, you know, thinking that that was what I needed in my life. So that was probably, I don't really have like funny mistakes, but I think the serious mistake that I ever made in my life was, or the most insightful probably, and like biggest lesson I've learned and mistake from a mistake was probably placing my more stock in what other people thought I should do with my life and what other people thought were my gifts and what other people thought the, how other people thought I should live in other people rather than myself. Hmm. Like I would idolize people. There's certain people in my life that I was like, wow, this person has everything figured out. I'm going to listen to everything they say, do everything they say. If they say I should do this, if they say jump, I'm going to say how high I'm just going to do exactly what they tell me to do. And what I learned from that is that I actually know far better for myself because mm -hmm. when I started to go the other way and listen to myself and not do what that person was telling me I should do, it was really hard, but it turned out that it was all wrong. What they were saying that mm -hmm. I was right in my gut and in my instinct, even though it went very, very opposite of what they were telling me. I knew that I, I trusting myself. And I think that has been the biggest lesson from a mistake. And it was a five-year mistake. I was mm -hmm. not, not wasted because it took me five years to learn that lesson that I, tr I could trust myself, but it's probably been the most impactful lesson I've learned from a mistake. Yeah, that's really potent. How would you say in the moment, did you think that person was an expander or per people? Oh, a thousand percent. And how did you know that they weren't really? I think that 
I learned, I know this now. I think that any, now I can determine is somebody really for me mm-hmm. or is somebody for themselves mm-hmm. and for their own agenda is if someone ever makes you feel like their thoughts about who you are and what you should do are better than your own thoughts, that they know better and that you should listen to them and they don't empower your own sovereign knowing and your own, in, your own like inner guidance. If they're discounting that, Uh -uh. no, they are out for themselves. They're trying to manipulate you into doing this. And I don't mean to like project my own life on other people. This is Mm -hmm. of course, just my own personal experience, but that's how I determine now is like, if somebody like, for example, even when I'm having these meetings with Krista and Lindsay for the podcast, they're like, here's what we think, but you, this is your podcast. You're, you need to trust your own inner guidance. You need to run it through your own inner guidance system. I'm going to give you my opinion. But at the end of the day, your own inner guidance system around those opinions is the more important thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other, on the other flip side of the coin, it's, I know better for you. This is what you should do with your life. This is how you should do it. And if you don't do this, then you're wrong. Yeah, this, we're seeing this play out in a lot of ways in the yoga world, like this idea of a guru, right? Yes, like this person totally that you seek out for all of the answers. And when in fact, like, Gabby Bernstein would say that we are like, we, we have the guru within. Let me read the quote. I feel like you'll love this. Cause I listened to that episode with Krista and them. Yeah. And I was having this conversation with my coach about this idolizing people's opinions of what I should do. And I, the, like a, literally shortly after having this conversation with him, I was listening to that episode. Let me see. I feel like you're going to love this. That's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. I'm excited. This is what Um, Gabby Bernstein said on that episode, do not make an idol of anyone because if that idol falls, you will fall with them. You can't make anyone your guru because when you do, their humanness can disappoint you and not only disappoint you, but rock you. Your teachers should always be learning and be teaching you so you don't need them anymore. (sighs) Gives me goosebumps. Because you are your guru. Like you, I I feel like we're out of that, that paradigm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't need anybody to tell you what's best for you. You Mm -hmm. know. At the end, you always know. You do. And an expander gives you the tools, but they don't tell you how to do it necessarily. They're like, here's what's available and you can apply it to your life. Oh my gosh. Ooh, this is good. I'm excited. (laughs) I freaking love conversations like this. (laughs) This is why I love podcasting too, is that you, I feel like how often, I mean, of course, in your like close friendships, you have these kinds of conversations, but sharing these kinds of conversations and here, because I've always benefited from hearing these kinds of conversations with other people. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love Same. this space so much. I'm very grateful. Tell me about podcasting. Like how, how do you think, you know, do you find it to be therapeutic? I know you kind of said like yeah. talking things through. I really do. What, what do you like about it? Like what, how's it transpired over the last year? Um, yes, I find it to be incredibly therapeutic um, because especially as a three, five, it's literally in our nature to report back what we've learned, like to yeah. share lessons. And so I had been doing that a lot on my own Instagram page. Like I'm a long caption queen, love a long caption. <laughs> I haven't in a while because since starting the podcast, this has felt like a more natural platform for me to share those insights. Also because I'm a projector and the waiting for the invitation, you know, you have to be in people, you're a generator. 
for me, sharing my insights is more effective when when I've been invited. And so if someone's making the step to go listen to my podcast, that's like an energetic invitation Mm -hmm. that I want to hear your insight. And so the exchange I think is far more effective when I'm sharing on that platform. Mm -hmm. Whereas on Instagram, maybe someone just follows me because they followed me for a long time or I guess it could be similar, but I feel like you end up in front of people that maybe haven't fully invited for myself, haven't fully invited me. So I felt like it wasn't as effective, mm-hmm. but for me, sharing that my insights is therapeutic for me because the way that I talk, the way that I work through things myself is by sharing them and talking through them and writing them out. And then also it's been really therapeutic for me to hear that I'm not the only person that's had a lot of the experiences that I've had. So I interview a lot of entrepreneurs. So we talk a lot about, it's not a super serious, I try not to keep it too serious. I'm like, I like to say it's a unreasonable enthusiasm is um, real talk with the side of not taking life too seriously. So we keep it light, but then also there's like some really insightful moments with people. And I really like to get deep with people and so it's it's so therapeutic to hear other people's stories and understand that like one of the biggest things for me was I always felt like I wasn't there yet or I hadn't figured out my thing yet. And when you hear the trajectory of people's lives and careers, you realize that we literally will feel like we all feel like that. We feel like that all the time. It's never going to go away. And it, it that has been therapeutic for me to know that I'm not the only person that feels that way. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, this year, especially like at, sitting in my house, talking to people all over the world, like externally processing th- with them. Holy, what a yeah. gift. I had oh my no gosh. Idea. Sanity. It has kept me sane. Yeah. And I when know. I lost my job, it's all I had. Mm-hmm. It was like, I still had purpose. I still had something to show up for every single week. Like when you lose your job and you, I'm sure there's so many people that can relate to this. Yeah. If you have nothing, you have nothing, you lose your, you literally lose your sense of purpose. It's so hard to get out of that. And I'm so, I'm so grateful that I had started it literally a month before because <laughs> wow. I had something to show up to, even though it was really fucking hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk about doing it with your brother. I, he's, <laughs> I am indebted to him this year for giving me the gift of big booty mixes. <laughs> Yes. I'm like, I love a good dance mix. Do you remember, did you ever listen to, what was that called? Girl Talk? Did you ever listen to Girl Talk? Is it a podcast? No, it's it's like a TV show. No, like the DJ, similar to Big Booty Mixes. This is like the precursor to Big Booty Mixes. And I I recently thought like, man, I miss that like constant, like, I don't know, house music going Energy. On. And like, I love Big Booty. So if people are listening, they don't know Big Booty Mix. So my brother loves this. Um, I guess he's a DJ. Are they? They're like they're music like producers. Two guys. Yeah. They're two guys. It's called Two Friends Music. And they started out on iCloud or not iCloud. What is it called? SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're on Spotify. Now they're kind of blowing up, but they release these mixes that are like an hour long of, and they'll always do kind of the top 40 song, not always top 40, but it's like the songs of the moment mixed with old school kind of classics. And then also mixed with pop culture references. So they'll pull stuff from like the office. It'll be like phrases or, you know, like they'll pull stuff from popular things in culture and just like have these like random moments where I can't think of one of them right now, but it's just like a random moment, like right before the beat drops, it's like a line from the office. And then it's like, boom. (laughs) 
<laughs> You're like, what? So my family is obsessed with the big booty mixes. Usually when we hang out, especially during the pandemic, since we, you know, we can't go to concerts. We right. literally have only been hanging out with each other. Like we were camping out in the middle of nowhere all summer, literally in a, our, my dad's trailer. It was, Cute. and we would have this speaker that had flashing lights on it. And every night it would just turn into Jordan being my brother, who is my producer. Sorry, this is a tangent, but being the like a fake DJ using the big booty mix. And it's like me and my mom and my brothers, like having a rave in the middle of the, of the freaking forest by ourselves. And Jordan's like <laughs> pretending that he's a DJ. I, this is giving me so much life. I, cause this is kind of actually what I have two little kids. They are two and four. And we have, um, I got like a $7, light on Amazon that, that completely lights the whole house. And it's like a flipping club. And so we love turn it. it on super loud and we have the light <laughs> the big and like, mom and dad have some cocktails and other things. And then they, <laughs> um, they dance their faces off and like, it's so fun. I'm like, am I, is this going to like, I don't know, haunt me when they're club kids. No, <laughs> no they're going to be like, I have a cool mom. I hope so. Like, my mom is cool. No, for sure. So to answer your question in a very long winded roundabout way, working with my brother, choosing him to, I knew I, I didn't want to have to, I didn't want to do it myself. That was always, but I also wanted to do the interviews myself. I knew that that was something that I didn't, I didn't need. I guess I thought about having a co-host, but it, I was more drawn to the idea of it just being a one-on-one -on -one conversation between me and people. And my brother is literally, I, I'm, my brothers are my best friends. I have the greatest relationship with both of them, very both different, unique relationships. But Jordan is somebody that I feel like he is, he keeps things light. He, cause I wanted a combination of, of like, like I said, real talk going deep, but really not taking life too seriously. And he is kind of someone that keeps, he can go deep with me and he can get in there with me and I can understand me. Cause I, we were literally talking about it this week when on the podcast, I'm like my brain, this is another tangent. This is a perfect example of what I'm about to explain is that Joe Rogan interviewed Kanye West and, you know, people can misinterpret Kanye West a lot. Cause he says some very polarizing things, right? But the way Joe Rogan explained to him because when you listen to Kanye talk, he kind of feels very scattered. Mm. And he said, my brain thinks in a symphony. I don't think in a straight line. Yeah, it's not linear. And mm -hmm. that's like kind of how my brain thinks. Like I have five different conversations and they all make sense in my head and they all meet halfway, meet in the, at some point. And Jordan's really good at like helping me get to that meet point. So I knew I needed him to be a part of it, but also to keep me light and keep things fun and have our fun, like sibling banter. Mm -hmm. So that was more, that was why I chose him to be my in quotes, like producer, even though we both kind of do the producing aspects of the podcast, he's just my partner in crime. I love him. Oh, that's so awesome. I hope yeah. that, oh, I like, I, hope I know you need to come friends. here. Like, I want to meet you guys. Here. I want to party with you guys. Yeah. Like, it'll be no, so for fun. sure. When you come, I'm, we were supposed to do this in person. Um, but you know, life happens. Pandemic happens. Uh, yeah. And we're doing it over zoom, but you will, you'll definitely come and we'll hang out. Yeah. that will be really fun. We'll, Ugh. we'll dance to big booty mix in my house. Can we please? And they're in your 100%. dad's trailer or whatever. <laughs> oh, you can, well, I mean, we'll bring my dad's trailer if you want. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be happy to do it. He'd, he'd park it outside my house and be like, all right, let's do it. 
Oh, this was so fun, Taylor. I'm just like, I feel like you again, we might be kindred spirits. We didn't know it, but like, thanks yeah. to the accelerator for bringing us together. And I haven't, I just have been on a high since we did that program. I've learned so much. I've met so many cool people. What are you like now that we've, you've done this, you've invested this time and you really have a clear vision of what, um, your, your business is. what, what are your goals for next year? I think, um, my goals for next year are to continue growing the current business that I have, which is like the clients, but more so I want, I would really love for the podcast to actually be a legitimate source of income for me. And I know like a lot of people, I, I think when I hear new podcasters starting out, a lot of them say, we're just doing this because we love it. Like at some point, if you want to continue to do what you love and have that really, and be able to give your full time energy and enthusiasm towards something, it does have to, at some point kind of give something back to you and be able to support you financially. That's true. So I want that to be that. And then also I'm getting certified to be a human design reader. Are you? Yeah. January. So I'm kind of with my, my life coach, he's kind of helping me transition my brand and just my business into opening up like a coaching aspect mm-hmm. and with the modality of human design. So I would probably start by just doing human design readings. And I'm hoping by like March I'll be doing, I'll have finished the human design level one through two and then start doing human design readings. So that's a major yes. goal for me next year. Oh, I'll be again, just focusing on the podcast. I'll be one of your first clients signed up. <sighs> For March, Perfect. get a reading. I have, I have, like try to do readings every six months or so, whether it be mm-hmm. astrology or human design. And like, I feel like you would be such a good person to apply. Cause I think human design can get a little bit, uh, like, a I don't know, overwhelming. There's so but many people think that about astrology too. True. That is true. And yeah. I, I think you'll bring it really like hone it into people's real life, make it tangible, make it effective. I want to, I want to be like, you know how they have people that are really, um, obviously there's so many different styles of communicating astrology. They kind of have, um, there's, you know, when I say that you have like people, have you ever heard of the Mayfair group? Mm-mm. I feel like they do, they do like, uh, they got really famous because they started doing these collages and stuff that had to do with the Zodiac signs. Mm, okay. And it's kind of like cheeky and you like, you know, like kind of, um, has like curse words in it or, you know, I don't know. It's just kind of a different vibe than what you see on a typical, just like astrologer sharing like a genuine, just sharing like an, a typical, uh, whatever, what is it called when you have your da- your daily horoscope? Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, they mm-hmm. did horoscopes. So it was like horoscopes, but it was like cheeky. Mm. I feel like that's kind of the energy that I want to bring to yes. human design. Like I want to be like, stop working so fucking hard. And that's a projector, you know? <laughs> Like that's my, my vibe that I want to bring to it. Cause I feel like there isn't that quite yet. And that's like my vibe in general. So, yeah, I agree. I don't, I think you're right. Like a fun, well, and even like a visual aesthetic to it too. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I'm not, I'm not great at visuals. Maybe I'll hire somebody okay. to do that. But yeah, it's like, I feel like there's this whole world opening up for me in that human design space. And I'm trying to figure out where I fit into that because it's something I'm so so, so passionate about. Mm-hmm. Yes. Will you pimp out your Instagram and your show and <laughs> everyone go check out Taylor's, um, 30 days, 30 outfits reels. <laughs> 30 days uh, they're outfits, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I really just was trying to commit myself to like committing to doing s- 
consistent some sort of videos. And that's where I started because I love Rent the Runway. I I don't know if you've ever used it before. Mm -hmm. So I just, I always have rotating things coming in and I never, I hate taking pictures for Instagram. So I'm like, this is my way of, you know, sharing those things and committing myself to making content and I'm having a lot of fun with it. So yeah, 30 days of outfits. You can find them actually on my TikTok at Tay I love TikTok. And then you can also find the 30 days of outfits on my reels on Instagram at Tay It's T-A-Y-G-R-E-W-E. And then the podcast is at Unreasonable Enthusiasm on Instagram. And then the podcast is on wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Unreasonable Enthusiasm. It's such a good show. I love it. I look forward to it. I'm a picky podcaster these days and yours is one of my faves. So thank you. That means a lot to me coming from you. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show, Taylor. I'm sure maybe we should get back together in like a year and see where we're both at. How fun would that be? I love that. I love (laughs) that for us. I feel like we're going to be crushing it in a year. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Yoga Magic this week, everyone. Thanks to Taylor for joining me on the show. If you like this episode, share it with a friend and make sure to tag at Yoga Magic Podcast on Instagram. See you next week, everyone.